This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. Uh, we are very excited to have you on a uh, monumental week for soccer in our part of the world. Uh, two hosts for you tonight, I'm Matthew Bunch, and along with us, of course, is Lee Fans. Lee, how you doing, pal? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so looking forward to this weekend. There's so much soccer going on, and uh, we're going to run the rule over it right now. Right, Matt? Yes, right this moment. So let's not uh, spend any more time on uh, pleasant Pleasant trees. Jinx. Uh, Let's dive right into the action. Uh, uh, With Inter-Miami CF, they are a team that has played a game. Horns, horns, music, celebration, you know, (laughs) set off the fireworks. We actually have a game to talk about with Inter-Miami CF. Uh, And it was an interesting one. It was the, the feature game. On ESPN's Sunday afternoon broadcast. Uh, speaking of which, will be uh, I, I was able to have a chance to speak to Stefano Fusaro, who was on the sideline for that game uh, Sunday afternoon or evening here on the East Coast. Had a chance to talk to him on Tuesday night, so we'll be hearing from him in just a couple minutes. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about this game—a one-nil defeat at the hands of LAFC at Bank of California Stadium. And, and Lee, that you know, we kind of talked about this heading into the game. Uh, but this was a baptism by fire for Inter Miami CF. Yeah, a tough assignment straight away. Uh, you know, it's a long trip, and we all know in the MLS you can't get like a nice charter flight for every uh, for every match that you do. So uh, yeah, it's it was quite a trip to go and do. Um, I think a loss was always likely, but it's the first game. I mean, I think they came out of it with some credit. You know, it could have been if you, it could have been more goals, and they limited it to one nil. I think that's a positive. Um, yeah, it's, it, they they didn't embarrass themselves. I didn't expect them to, but I think it's good that they didn't. If they just shipped three or four goals, I think that would have been uh, a difficult thing to sort of square away, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure, and I, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And and we'll dive into this a little bit more with Stefano. But there's so many. Uh, unknowns for this team, both in terms of how they're operating and how we perceive them. Uh, you know, you had mentioned the idea of chartered flights, and, and I had heard from un- uncon- unconfirmed information, but someone who I consider reliable uh, in terms of uh, soccer stuff down here, uh, that the Inter-Miami flight actually got delayed uh, sitting on the tarmac oh. uh, at uh, Miami International going out for for a, for a couple hours for a pretty a, a not insignificant chunk of time. So that's obviously something you don't want to deal with on your inaugural flight out of town for your first game. But they got there, they got they got put together, and again one nil. It, it could have been two nil. It could have been one one. It 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 was one of those games where I I don't think Inter Miami has anything to really beat themselves up over. You obviously want to get a point anytime you get a chance, but this is the team that accumulated the most points in the regular season last season that took that supporter shield, obviously didn't get the result they wanted in the playoffs or in the knockout of the uh, Open Cup, but 
uh, they are a hell of a team, and Carlos Vela is a hell of a player here in MLS. And it was just that one moment of magic. That's the the you're always looking for that when you when you're a competitive team in a competitive game. You need that one player who's able to step up and conjure up something out of nothing. And that's really what Vela did. It was it was a beautiful run of play for them all the way developed out of the back from the keeper. Uh, Vela making a couple of defenders miss. Uh, you know, put putting one or two Inter Miami guys on skates really, um, and then just a beautiful little chip. Uh, over the keeper, you know, uh, you, you hate to see it if you're the keeper, kind of stuck in no man's land, but but Vela deserved it, and I think uh, LAFC deserved those three points, even though, they're, of course, Diego Alonso, I think rightly also, can feel that maybe Inter-Miami deserved a point, and if they can go into Bank of California Stadium, if they can face down the, 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 the supporters, the strong supporters of LAFC, and really not lose composure too often in those 90 minutes in their first game with a, a rookie player out of Clemson University having such a significant role in attack and, and putting together good opportunities. I, I think that you, you hate to say moral victories at the professional level, but I do think there is a bit of a moral victory that Inter-Miami can take away. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Matt. But of course, like for anyone listening to the podcast, uh, you know, I'm not going to fluff over into Miami, but maybe that means I can take a little bit more of an objective standpoint. Sure. When the when the best player on the team is a goalkeeper, I mean, I think that's always a little bit alarming. And uh, Luis Robles had a great game, and he probably was the man of the match for both yeah. for both teams. But going forward, it would they were a little bit short of ideas. And you know, sometimes in the MLS, it is like sort of slanted towards the attacking. So you know, looking at the stats to only you know shots on target for for Inter Miami was was five. You know, ah. Uh, they didn't have a great attacking display, but it was good to see Will Trap play well because I think he played really well and he took a little bit of stick. That transfer, you know, they got a little bit of flack for. And I think that was a nice little two fingers from Will Trap. He proved to be an important player and I think he might prove to be an important player for the whole season. Um, I disagree a little bit, Matt. You know, I don't think it was, you know, they could have got a point out of it. I think they owe the goalkeeper a lot for keeping them in the game. Um, but you know, it's something to build on. It's always you always said you said like LA are so good, and they have that momentum. Even with the break between two seasons, they have the momentum going between the two seasons. They're they're a good side, and they've got good chemistry. And like I said, they won the support shield. And we know how hard it is, you know, with Miami FC to you know build a team and throw it on the field and and hit the ground running. It's not easy. So I think it is credit to them. But I think they were a little bit lucky to come away with a one 0 personally. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, like I said, ultimately LAFC deserved the win. I, I would, I, I feel like the biggest area of criticism is what you brought up is that final attacking third, where there mm. there were moments where there. Were, I, I come back specifically to, I think it was like in the in, sometime in the '60s, maybe the 62nd, 63rd minute. There was a really nice ball put in, and there was half a toe put on it. And if there had been even, uh, you know two or three more toes that were able to get to it, it's probably yeah. beating the keeper and tying the game up. There, there were, ha I would say, half chances or three-quarter chances for Inter-Miami, but the finishing was not where you want it to be, ultimately. And and that's what we, we've heard from Diego Alonso and Paul McDonough, this attacking play that we should expect opportunities and goals from this squad. Yeah, you don't want a lot of, of nils on the Inter-Miami side of the score sheet. Um, but I, I think that I would... I, if you can have a keeper like Robles, who who is a solid keeper, and yeah, he, yeah. he did he he gave a hundred percent on Sunday for sure. 
but he's got the goods too. He's he, he he you can expect him to be solid. And you've got defenders at the back who generally did a pretty okay job. Again, the Vela goal that was just Vela being Vela. There's a reason why he was he was able to conjure up what he was last season. But I I don't really single any of those players out as as oh well they they really dropped dropped it here. They really weren't able to uh, to do the bit. I think midfielding defense that was an area where I look at and say there could be room for improvement. And forwards in attack, that's an area where obviously you don't score a goal. There's room for improvement there too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I th- those were the two things that come o- come away for me, that if those two areas can be tweaked, um, I think you could see Inter-Miami, and especially if they're not playing an LAFC. It, you know, if, they're, if, they're, if they're playing teams that are probably closer to their level right now, because if you're saying that Inter-Miami is on LAFC's level right now, you're crazy. And, and, yeah. and even if they had gotten a result, you'd still be crazy to say that. But there are, there are games coming up where you're going to be looking at and saying, yeah, I think they ought to be able to handle some of the challenges this league faces. And, of course, other teams will be able to scout and adapt. But, again, deserved loss, but at the same time, considering it is your first game against real MLS competition in a cauldron, you know, that I think there's a lot to take away that can be positive. Yeah, I think so. And you've you got to remember, it's obviously, it's not even the first choice 11 because, you know, Robbie Robinson started and he probably wasn't expecting to start. Um, I thought it would have been the other guy, Kizaveta, but I don't know, maybe he's injured because he didn't even travel. So if they really have problems with, uh, with the forward options. So uh, Robbie Robinson like did as well as he could have done, but, um, you know, it, he's not the first choice centre forward. And then Pizarro, he, he, turned, he turned up late, didn't he? And... To sort of get up to speed and get into the game straight away, you know, you can understand that you know he didn't have a brilliant game. Yeah, Cali- I think it Cali- showed. I, I think yeah. it did show. I think you would expect more from him going forward. Yeah, and you know, Pellegrini wasn't great, but on the other side of things, like I thought, I thought Morgan did well until he came off. Um, you know, and and the, I thought the defense, the center of the defense, was solid, and that helped the keeper out as well. So it was it was a bit of a mixed bag, but it's a platform to build on, and I think sometimes. You know, the the defense is a good thing to get sorted first and then build on that. And it's a long season and you you know, you've you you've got to build get something you can build on going forward and get into the playoffs. That's how the MLS works. This tricky it's a tricky start to the season, but they'll they'll hit a patch soon enough. You know, there's there's enough there and when the injured players come back, you know, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, it was it was a passing grade, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's the best way to put it, Lee. You're you're not giving anyone an A off of that except Robles. Mm-hmm. I think he had he he deserves it. You know, he's the one kid that that, that uh, did all the work for the group project. <laughs> um, but uh, in general, I, I'm not I'm not looking at any one part of this team and saying, "Ooh, they blew it. Ooh, this is terrible." Again, improvement needed up front, but I think there are some mitigating circumstances to consider on top of that. Um, yeah. But again, a game in the books. You, you've, you've checked off a box now. The next box to check off is this weekend with Inter-Miami uh, traveling now to D.C. United. Um, that game, uh, Saturday at 3.30 p.m., uh, that is on Univision and, uh, and is also available on uh, uh, Today NA, uh, which is Univision's sports channel in English. Uh, if you use the SAP button, it's kind of backwards. Normally you think of SAP giving you yeah. the Spanish broadcast. You'll get the English broadcast through SAP. Our, our friend Chris Whittingham going to be on the call, uh, on the English call there, so we're excited for him uh, to do that. You'll be hearing his voice a lot uh, on Today NA uh, this season. Um, so yeah, DC United going into Audi Field. 
Um, DC United have a, a history in this league, but have have kind of struggled a little bit the the last few seasons. That might be an opportunity for Inter Miami to at least get a point. And then we come into the home opener, uh, which is obviously the the next big game. This this is kind of a weird game because normally you kind of either you open at home or you open on the road and then come home to have your home opener for your first game being three weeks into the season. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a little strange, but of course the club <laughs> needs the time to slap the final coat of paint, I think, on everything around there. Huh. Uh, we do know the name of the stadium, at least for now, is going to be Inter-Miami CF Stadium. The, 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 the name has been hung on the board, so it's not going to be new Lockhart or anything like that. And no brand name yet. No brand name, no, no sponsor name on the jersey on Sunday. Uh, so you wonder how long, uh, you know, the, the conversations about Qatar, whether that is being held back, whether that's being reconsidered or whether it's a matter of, you know, getting stuff printed off. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're here at the beginning and there's so many things still up in the air. It's, it's very appropriate. I feel like for this yeah. club, just to jump in Matt, one more time, like they did play two preseason friendlies and, you know, they only scored one goal in two games. Um, big part, they scored two goals in two games. They didn't score in their first game. They've just got to find out where the back of the net is. They've just got to get the right players in attacking positions, get a few goals going in. They just That's the thing they haven't cracked yet. Yeah, it really... It, it, I mean, we, we know certainly, seeing enough of this sport, so much of it is psychological. So much of it is, you know, just getting in the rhythm of things. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, playing DC United... They were a playoff team last year, but uh, again, used to be kind of kings of the league in the in the '90s, and have kind of slipped off. You you wonder if maybe there's a chance to to nick a point and, and maybe put one or two in the back of the net on Saturday. Only time will tell. Um, so to go a little bit further in depth, again, uh, I I'm was. Gonna, uh, I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna predict the score it's purely oh, on p- purely on amount of birds on the club crests. DC United have one, Inter Miami have two. So I'm going for an Inter Miami two one win. I mean, if that's not a scientific method, I don't know what it is. Count it, guys. Put, Count your, put your money birds. on it. Carry which on, teams, Matt. Sorry. Which teams have put a bird on it? Inter-Miami CF has put a bird on it more than DC United. Calling you, you out, DC. Uh, so, uh, did have a chance to speak to Stefano Fusaro of ESPN uh, again earlier this week. He was on the sideline for Inter-Miami's debut in Major League Soccer. He is a Miami guy, born and raised in Miami-Dade County. Um, did some work with NBC six down here. Um, I actually got a chance to kind of know him because we have a shared, uh, affinity of Liverpool football club, which will come up at the end, of course, but it's not too long. I promise, uh, avert your ears for about two minutes. If it comes up, you don't want to hear us talk about the Reds, but we do get into kind of what the job of the sideline reporter is. You often don't hear that perspective and kind of what he saw both in training on Saturday and on the field Sunday. So again, uh, we're going to have about, about 10 minutes. Uh, me and Stefano Fusaro, when we come back, we'll be looking ahead to Inter-Miami, I'm sorry, scratch that, the Miami FC's season debut. So me with Stefano Fusaro. All right, we have a couple of minutes here in the middle of the show. We want to take a moment to talk to Stefano Fusaro, uh, who's with ESPN, was actually on the sidelines for Inter-Miami's debut game against LAFC uh, on Sunday. Stefano, thank you so much for making uh, a couple of minutes for us this evening. How you doing? Of course, man. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, our pleasure. Uh, so, again, as I mentioned, you're on the sidelines for this really kind of significant event in South Florida sports history, and you have a connection with Miami, you know, uh, kind of be, being from here, doing work here. What was that like, kind of balancing your, obviously, your journalistic responsibilities and, and getting a chance to kind of soak in that moment? It was pretty cool, man. Um, 
man. I mean, look, I'm, I'm born and raised in Miami. It's, uh, I, I don't live there anymore, so obviously I'm a little bit uh, removed from the entire process now. Uh, but this has been, I mean, I used to go to Miami Fusion games when I was a kid. So, you know what I mean? It, it's definitely a really cool thing to see uh, Miami finally, finally get another uh, a shot at an MLS club and, and this time doing it, doing it right, doing it with an ownership group that's going to, you know, make sure that they stay, make sure that they're viable and make sure that they become one of the better teams, uh, you know, hopefully in the MLS. Now, for me, being there was absolutely incredible to be there for their first game. And, yeah, it was a little tough to kind of balance, you know, <laughs> trying to be as as uh, impartial as possible, but obviously just being kind of soaking in, you know, what is hopefully a, 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 what was an historic moment uh, for MLS and for Inter-Miami and for Miami in general. And and uh, seeing them, I want to see them continue to grow. And this was just step one. So it was very cool to be there and work the sidelines uh, for ESPN for that very first game. Yeah, you know, you, you've done some sideline work for, for ESPN, ESPN before. Um, I know on basketball, that's been a big area of focus for you with the Rockets. Um, and now you're kind of taking on these responsibilities for MLS. Can, can you walk us through what's it like to be a sideline reporter, especially specific to soccer? Because we know that, you know, that that job kind of pops up and then goes away for a bit and then you come back into the game. But you're constantly working down there in the sideline, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we're trying to do is obviously bring a different insight, a different uh, type of perspective uh, from of the game. And, you know, when I'm down there, my sole focus is to listen to the broadcast, listen to, you know, in this case, last Sunday was John Champion and Taylor Twelman, listen to what they're talking about, listen to their broadcast, and try to add whatever I possibly can being on the sideline. I'm constantly trying to hear what uh, the different managers from both teams are saying to their staff, what they're saying to their players. Uh, obviously, the big part of our job, the biggest part of our job is getting the interviews both pre-game, halftime, and post-game. Uh, that's our big opportunity to be on air, to get on camera, and, and ask these guys, coaches who obviously are seeing the game in a different manner than most fans out there, uh, and, and really try to get their perspective and their insight so we can better understand and the fans can better understand what they're watching. And, and that's my goal. Uh, you know, My goal is always just to try to inform the fans as best as, po- as we possibly can. And, uh, and yeah, doing MLS, look, I'm a soccer nut. I always have been. Uh, my dad's from Argentina, and it's in my blood. And the fact that, you know, we're able to be on the sideline, and I'm able to do that now, uh, doing about probably 10 to 15 games for ESPN this season, uh, it's, it's a really cool assignment, and I love to be able to share and bring a little more knowledge to the casual soccer fan in this country. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of, you know, what we try to do is is open the eyes of those who may be interested in soccer and try to connect more, right? Make people more aware of all this. And obviously you're looking at the uh, the, the kind of top of the top of the pyramid here, but there's so much still for people to, to kind of uncover, and, and you do a good job of kind of plugging people in a little bit more. Uh, you mentioned 10 to 15 games on MLS uh, this year. You're actually covering a game in South Florida next month, correct? Yeah, April 3rd, uh, I will be there for ESPN's first broadcast at at Inter-Miami, so obviously in the stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, super excited to check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I can't be there for the first game uh, you know, next week or in the, on the 14th uh, against the Galaxy, but definitely really pumped to be down there, uh, to be home, really, because I mean, at the end of the day, I, I live in Houston, Texas now, but Miami will always be home wherever I, I you know, my job takes me. So kind of kind of going back to uh, Sunday's game just for a minute. It one one of the things that 
uh, I found most interesting, you know, I, we were back here in Miami. I, I was at the watch party at the wharf in, in, in Miami. But uh, being able to see, obviously, LAFC has a tremendous environment. And getting the kind of traveling inner Miami supporters in the building, too. What, what was that like in terms of soaking up that, that fan experience? Have you ever been to Bank of California Stadium before? Uh, I had once uh, last season. Um, it's an incredible atmosphere. Uh, I would say there's no question that it's you know top three in MLS. Um, it was a very, very cool experience. You don't feel like you're at a, a game in the United States. And it's funny because... I was telling some friends that aren't really big soccer fans, tell them, hey, you can say what you want about soccer, but you won't get this atmosphere in any American sport, uh, any of the top four American sports. And that's 100% true. It is. It feels like a South American soccer game when you're in there and you hear these fans not stop for 90 minutes and they continue on. And it's so much fun. And, and I was proud to see, because, I mean, let's be real, it's a long trip from Miami to L.A. Yeah, it's a hell of an away day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was it was cool to see like the Miami fans, and sure they weren't you know it was a, a small little portion of the stadium, but I think anything was good at this point. And and they have a, you're seeing the loyal support, you're seeing a group that comes across the country to to check out their first team's game and to witness history. Uh, it it kind of bodes well, and, and you hope that that continues, and we can get an atmosphere at Inter Miami games at home where we'll you know it will be comparable to that. Comparable to LAFC, comparable to Seattle, comparable to Portland. And, you know, obviously it's going to take some time to get to that level, but you're seeing the beginnings, you know, it, it's a good sign as they start this, obviously, this trek. It's going to be a long season. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's one of the questions that, that, that we all have is what is that first home date going to look like? What is it going to sound like? What is it going to feel like? You know, uh, from a fan perspective, there's still so much that's unknown. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of, it was cool to see that, you know, it's 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 a long trip and to see legitimate Miami, a legitimate away section, not just some scattered fans. That, that was really cool. Um, I do want to ask, you know, about the game itself. It's a one nil uh lafc victory vela with the moment of brilliance that that was the deciding factor um if you're diego alonso in miami Miami fc what do you what do you take away from that game well i i personally thought that they played a lot better than uh than was expected Uh, i thought they had some moments where they did play uh solid in the midfield uh there's definitely some things that they need to, to to sure up and some positions that maybe need to be looked at. Um, but at the end of the day, listen, they had a, 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 a college, basically a college kid, kid just out of Clemson starting at the nine against the best team in, L- in L- MLS last year during the regular season and in an atmosphere that he's probably never been in. Uh, so you kind of have to look at, look at their performance with a grain of salt and kind of takes the positives away. Um, uh, look, as far as the first game, I think they have to be happy. Of course, they would have loved to have get on the board and scored that very first goal. Uh, but I think that if you look at it as the whole performance as a whole, uh, I think you have to be happy with what they have on the field. And they do have something to build with as far as their tactics are concerned and certain players on the pitch that they belong. They just need to find their way. In terms of that, that kind of further down the road perspective, 
Um, what what are your expectations? Obviously, there is now one game in the books, but what do you expect to see from this team as we head further into the MLS season? Of course, you know, Paul McDonough mentioned earlier uh, that his expectation was to win the league. Perhaps that's a little bit optimistic, but that's his job. What are you looking for from this club in its, for, in his, uh, in its first season? Well, I think that it's tough to make um, a real prediction with this squad yet because I don't think that this is going to be the same roster uh, come June and July. Uh, I was, I can, can tell you this, I was talking to Inter-Miami officials over the weekend uh, at their training session the day before the game, and there is one more DP spot, designated player spot open, as you know, and they are saving that for a forward, for a number nine, for a striker. Uh, we know that there's been a ton of names out there, uh, names like Edison Cavani, uh, names, I mean, they, the list goes on, and they're all big-time players from Europe. Now, whether they're able to do that or not, I don't know. But I know that they're going to try and they're going to attempt to bring a big name over here that could really change the team. Uh, when you're talking about a guy like Edison Cavani, if, if that is the guy that they are going to pursue, it changes the, the roster completely. Because you have a guy who can, in this league, easily score 20 goals. And that totally changes the game. And if they're able to do that, I fully expect them to be a playoff team in this league. Uh, Diego Alonso is a very, uh, I was very impressed by him uh, in our conversations uh, on that Saturday at their training session. I'm very impressed with the confidence and the confidence of what, how he wants to play. He knows how he wants to play. He knows how, what type of team he needs to play in his, uh, in his format and his way. Um, so I do think that if they're able to, to make that other signing, I think they're, they should be a playoff team, especially in a wide open Eastern Conference this year in MLS. Uh, so I'll, I'll plenty of inner Miami discussion, which of course, like you said, we have a whole season to analyze and the way the team looks and lineups lines up now may be completely different. So we'll put a pin in that for now. And, and we do look forward to hearing you on that, that, uh, April broadcast, uh, that'll be inner Miami hosting, uh, Philadelphia union, April 5th. Um, last question I have to ask, is it crisis time in Liverpool? It, are, are the Reds in danger of collapsing? Because I'm scared, Stefano. I'm, I'm not confident. I'm never confident. I, I've looked at the 538 numbers, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I get you. We are Liverpool supporters, and we are, we are born cynics is what we are. <laughs> so I understand that. Look, man, no, it's not, it's not crisis time at all one bit. Uh, would you, with this kind of a season that they've had, would you have preferred them you know, be in the running for more than one domestic trophy? Yes, of course. But look, Liverpool has had an incredible season. This little rough patch is really not something that they should really, you know, panic over or fans should be freaking out about. Uh, they are going to play better. They're going to get back to their system and the way that they've played the game. This F The FA Cup loss against Chelsea is rough. And you never like to lose against Chelsea. But at the end of the day, they did put out a team that was trying to win. They didn't have their best day. They have three losses in the last five. And you continue to move on with this club. You have to continue to move on because of the impact that they've had this season on the Premier League. If, we are, if we're at this point, if we're thinking that they're going to collapse, then we have an issue. Because what they've put on the field this year has been so incredible yeah. that we can't panic over a couple of losses. Because, hey, at the end of the day, they're still in the pole position. They should win the league unless there's an absolute epic collapse. And, hey, they're still in the running for uh, the Champions League. They, have, they only have uh, – Atletico Madrid has a 1-0 one, one lead on them. 
but they got to go back to Anfield, and we all know what ha- what can happen there. So, no, it's not time to panic, Liverpool fans. I'm with you. I feel you. I understand. <laughs> I'm going through it just the same way you are. But let's be confident. Let's trust in Jurgen Klopp and in this squad that has given us so many good moments so far this year. Yeah, I'm I'm being a a, a teeny bit uh, tongue in cheek, I guess. You know, it's it, it is it's unfortunate totally it. to to dump out of the <laughs> FA Cup, but I, I feel pretty good about the Premier League. Those are of course famous last words, and I'll I'll stop there before the rest of the guys uh, on my end come and chase me down because they don't want to hear about Liverpool. Uh, but I had to get that question in. You know, going back to the Fado days, waking up on Saturday mornings watching uh, watching Liverpool play. Um, so, Stefano, where can folks find your work uh, if they want to check it out, which they absolutely should, by the way. They should want to check it out. Thank you very much, Andy. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm a general, basically a general assignment reporter, multimedia reporter for ESPN, so I have a variety of assignments. But I always update what I'm doing on my Twitter feed, which is at Fusaro ESPN, uh, F-U-S-A-R-O ESPN. Uh, and, yeah, usually where, where I, you can find my work is on either on SportsCenter, uh, or any of our digital platforms, um, both for .com and also some of our ESPN YouTube channels as well. Uh, but everything that I do, I usually will update it on my Twitter feed at Fusaro ESPN, so you can definitely uh, follow me there. Excellent. So again, Stefano, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We'd love to be able to talk to you again later in the season once we have a better picture of this team. Uh, but until now, as it says on your uh, your Twitter profile, you're probably on a plane, so I'd imagine you probably have a flight to catch sooner rather than later. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll definitely talk again soon. Awesome. Have a good one. Again, I do really want to thank Stefano Fusaro for taking the time out to uh, to chat with me and kind of talk about a, 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 a truly unique perspective on Inter-Miami CF. Only one person can say they were on the sidelines reporting uh, for the broadcast uh, for that initial game. And again, for a guy from Miami to be able to do that, that's a really uh, cool treat. So if you're interested in kind of following along with what Stefano does, which I, I I did it, I mentioned it during the interview, but I also encourage it now. He's at Fusaro ESPN on Twitter. Um, follow him. Again, a Miami dude doing big things, uh, in, based in Houston, but doing big things nationally. He's going to be on the sideline for at least 10 MLS games this season. If you follow soccer, you want to know about the top uh, flight league in the country and, and, and a guy who's going to be plugged into it, Stefano is your man. Now, let's Enjoy talk that, a, Yeah. What's? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, we... We hope to have him back later on the year to talk a little bit more. Um, so uh, let's now take a look at USL Championship and talk about debuts. We have another significant debut in Miami this weekend. Well, it's not in Miami, but for Miami, as the Miami FC will be making their first appearance in USL Championship, taking the step back to second division soccer here in the United States and traveling to St. Louis FC. That's a Saturday night game, 8 p.m., big game for the league. St. Louis is a known commodity in USL. Miami FC is, again, this known commodity in American soccer that's been able to make such uh, such noise outside of the normal structure. Lee, you've got to be salivating. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, we've, we've had a couple of fun years uh, at the lower level, seeing what would happen. And, you know, now now it's time to start taking on these USL teams. And I like this opening matchup. Um, again, I, I would have liked a home opener at um, the first season at home, but it didn't pan out that way. But uh, St. Louis, they've got they've got a good soccer heritage, you know, even before, like, all these leagues in recent Absolutely. history. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a soccer city. So uh, I feel like on that 
on that level, it's a good matchup to go there. You know, Miami FC, they didn't have a fantastic season last season, St. Louis, you know, but they they were very good at home. Just looking at, you know, where they finished in the league table, only lost a couple at home, um, scored 23 and let in 12. So that's, you know, so only let in 12 in uh, however many games you play at home. Uh, what is it? 14, something like that. Yeah. 16. So yeah, it's um, it's a good matchup, and I think that's that's what we need. We want a good game of soccer, but of course, ultimately, a Miami FC win. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a really interesting kind of inflection point for these two teams because, as you mentioned, Lee, like when when I think like I, I as a soccer head, like the classic American soccer cities, we really look to two, and it's San Diego and St. Louis. Those are cities, again, we think of the Cosmos as well and the Strikers, and, and I don't mean to rustle any feathers, obviously, but these are cities that have supported top flight, lower level clubs, indoor clubs, the youth scene, up, down, left, right, you know? So it, it's, it's it was, I, I, had, I remember mentioning, I think three years ago, that St. Louis was a city that NASL ought to be pursuing because of its soccer heritage, and, and USL got in there, and, and you can actually see the, the you know, MLS is also... Uh, attracted attention there in St. Louis with, you know, the renderings of a proposed soccer stadium, uh, you know, being shared today. So there's a lot going on in that city as it relates to soccer. And of course, a lot going on in our city as it relates to soccer. But just talking about what's on the field, um, I've I've taken a lot of joy at looking at the 538 uh, modeling projections. And of course, modeling is on paper, on a computer screen, Mm -hmm. you have to play the games, but it's very high on the Miami FC. Yeah. 538 is very high on the Miami FC for a team that is making its debut. And and St. Louis is a team that is given better than 50-50 odds of making the USL playoffs. So this should be a good matchup. Now, it, it's a team that 538 is projecting to be a little weak on the offensive side, but being really a, a, a strong defensive powerhouse in its defensive rankings, only beaten by, I think, San Antonio and Reno 1868. Um so, I mean, it should be an interesting matchup. We know how Miami FC likes to play. It likes to play on the attack. It likes to score goals. It's a front runner. Uh, you would imagine that same kind of mindset is going to be brought to the USL field. Uh, and that's going to be tested with a team that, that may present the, the stiffest defensive challenge uh, that Miami FC has faced in, in a long time. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to one of the behind-closed-doors friendlies when uh, Miami FC played Orlando City B. Maybe a couple of weekends ago, that would have been now. Yes, it was before my vacation, pre-soccer yes. season vacation. Um, Miami FC looked good. They had, a, they had a couple of moments at the back, but you know we've got some new defenders. But the signing of Sebastian Velasquez is very, very exciting. And you know I'm already speaking in hushed tones about him. But <laughs> uh, you know we did we did lose Dylan Mares. That that that. That um that that came out this week that he's gone to uh, um, El Paso Locomotive uh, yes. in the in the Western Conference, um, and it's sad to see a player like Dylan go. We've done so much for the club, but also to see new players come in. You know we can get excited about that. And Velasquez at number ten, if if he hits the ground running and starts performing, he's going to be difficult to contain. And then in front of him, you've got Romario Williams as well. Like there is goals in this team. Um, Romario Williams scored a goal in that friendly and Marco Franco popped up uh, the defender with a second so this is a team that can score goals from all over the field Miami FC is a team that can score goals from all over the field and winning is a habit like I say it all the time it's, a, it's one of those soccer cliches but it's true 
And no team's done more winning recently, really, than Miami FC. And yeah, you're changing a league and everything, and yeah, it's an away trip, but you know, I, I had a look at the St. Louis FC squad, a good bunch, but no one necessarily stands out here with the greatest respect. Um, they've got a couple of good players, you know, in certain areas, but if Miami FC go in with the right mindset, keep their concentration at the back, I think this could be a win by a couple of goals. Uh, you mentioned Velasquez, and I'm going to uh, we'll, we'll be retweeting it with a bit of comment. But there is a really uh, nice story mm-hmm. that Michelle Kaufman put out this afternoon. Of course, enormous fans of of Michelle. I, I took her class at UM and 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 do some work with her at the Herald and, and the 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 dean of soccer journalism here in South Florida, um, taking some time out to profile um, Velasquez. And it's such an interesting story: a Colombian American player who was really on the rise, played in the 2013 MLS Cup, and then has some personal issues, has some uh, a battle with alcoholism, uh, a DUI, and, and, and really had to kind of put his life back together. And this really seems, if you've been following his social media at all, it, he looks as serious as a heart attack when it comes to being in peak physical shape, being in, in uh, ideal condition to go out and and not only grab a hold of the leadership of this team, but to become a face of the league, uh, I, I feel like, especially for this Inter-Miami squad coming in. You, you mentioned the loss of Dylan Mars, and that hurts a ton. That hurts a lot. Um, but I'm really fascinated by uh, you know a player like Sebastian Velasquez being able to fit in in a place like um, here, here in South Florida, in a community where he'll likely feel comfortable with the support structure around him, yeah. being able to get back on the field with a team that has, uh, you know, th- that has brought in, uh, you know, I think of Dario Suarez, a player that it, his his issues were not to the degree of the law, but facing a, a significant reprimand from uh, U.S. Soccer uh, for his conduct on the field, bringing him into the fold and, and really making making it tick and and giving him an opportunity to kind of rehab his image and 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 star and and become a star for the team. I th- I think this is a match made in heaven. Yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, Matt, young men make mistakes, especially young sportsmen. You know, they do make mistakes, but that doesn't define the whole rest of their life and their careers. And it's clear to me that someone like Sebastian Velasquez has, has used that as a wake up call turned a negative into a positive. And, you know, just look, again, looking at that Instagram video where away from training, he's working out with a personal trainer to be the best possible player he can be. And I think that's why Miami FC, Paul Dalglish and uh, Nelson Vargas have gone for him. Um, maybe he's he's had problems in the past, but he looks like a model, model professional now. And uh, Miami FC fans should be very excited about watching him play. Very excited indeed. A couple of other good players as well, you know, um, full-back, left-back um, Jonas Lerber, I think is the right pronunciation. Uh, started started that game, fits the profile of the attacking full-back. And, um, and uh, the Prince, the Prince, uh, of the new Prince of Miami, who we picked up from Atlanta <laughs> SC. Uh, he's, he, he's operating in a forward position and he's a, he's a crafty little player. Um, there's there's some elements of that attacking lineup that's going to be very exciting to watch. Um, Prince AD, Romario Williams, Sebastian Velasquez, uh, and then you know the the rock at the back of the midfield, the rocks at the back of the midfield. You've got Lance Roseboom, you've got Tommy Granito, um, Hector Morales coming back from injury. The squad looks good, and I think if they if they come out of the blocks with a you know a win on the road. 
and then Cohen's that Rowdy's game, which is you know, which is a local derby in this in American terms. Yes. And if if they get six points from the first two games, I think the rest of the USL will be worried. But then, it's just as much as I say that, <laughs> you know, I can be impartial about Inter Miami. I uh, you know now I'm speaking with my heart a little bit more than my head. These are tough games, and it's going to be a much <laughs> different. It's going to be a very different proposition. Um, but from what I've seen, the preparation for that friendly, and you know the continuation of everything, it's uh, there's a lot to be excited about there. And you're absolutely right when you introduce this map. I really can't wait. And uh, if you are listening to this before uh, Saturday, we do have a watch party down at Winwood Brewing. If you want to come down and have a beer with uh, with me and check out the game on the big screen, you will be more than welcome. Uh, yes, that that's going to be a good time. Uh, I, I mentioned in the chat, I, I have tickets to Hamilton that I bought mm-hmm. six months ago before any before the team was in USL. So I feel like I have a pretty good excuse, uh, for, you know, an absence note for Saturday. But I will tell you, that uh, we are already making plans for what I'm calling Super Soccer Saturday, uh, the football fiesta, as Paul Dalglish referred to it as, the Friday night game at FIU and the Saturday game at Inter-Miami CF. Um, we're we're going to be at both. We're going to be present at both. We, we want to see people out at both. Uh, it's it's going to be – this is a nice little uh, tasting plate, right, a nice little appetizer for what's going to be a tremendous entree uh, next weekend. But, yeah, for, for sure, be ready for the Miami FC game uh, coming up this weekend. Again, that is Saturday night, 8 p.m., prime time. Clear your calendars and be ready for that one. Uh, so – Inter Miami. Oh, I did want to include one more note about Inter Miami CF, which was all some other news that came out today. Uh, not really anything related on the field, but I think uh, again, as you alluded to a second ago, Lee, we we don't really pretend to be fully objective. We 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 have perspectives on how soccer should work, and we share that. And and sometimes we disagree, and that's what makes yeah, us all do. interesting. Quite a lot. But I, th- <laughs> I yes, I think what what something we can agree on that is maybe the best news to come out of Inter Miami CF is that it was announced, even though the broadcast deal has not been announced yet, that uh, our friend Ray Hudson will be on uh, the broadcast team. That's magisterial news, man! (laughs) That is, and and we can can say our friend uh, Ray Hudson, because I I should really say your friend, Lee, because he is a big fan uh, of some of the broadcasts you've done. Uh, Specifically... uh, um, the the Spartans, yes, wasn't he? He watching along uh, on my Kuju we've done a couple times. It, it, he he did he was he did say some nice things. Bless him, Ray. Uh, what a character! Someone I look up to a little bit. So uh, yeah, that was a that was a nice moment, and he was very complimentary about us working with FC Surge as well. Uh, yes. Who will will actually bring up a little bit later in the show? Yes, yeah, we that, will. That we'll is, come down a bit. That is, I, I if you 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 haven't gotten the Messi or the Ronaldo in. On the field, but in terms of acquisition for broadcast off the field, I cannot think of anyone who is better. Um, so g- good on them. I'm looking forward to hearing the local broadcast in a couple weeks. I mean, Inter Miami have a lot of national games, so they don't have to announce it for a while. But <laughs> when, when that gets up and running in the summer, that that's definitely going to be something you're going to want to tune into. So so good on them and, and good on Ray. Um, so uh, taking it down, taking it down to our roots, lead, bringing it down to the lower levels that we love so very much. NSL up and running. It's kicked off. Uh, first off, before we talk about any of the on-field product, I've been really impressed by some of their social media game and some of their video production. Hats off to whoever's doing that for them. Uh, you know, for for lower level, oftentimes getting the video production 
kind of to be splashy can be a challenge and and, and they've realized that you know lower level is really socially uh interactive and, and they've put out some good content there but uh tell us a little bit more about nsl uh get, getting off the ground and running yeah it's uh obviously it is another option for teams um you, you know at the amateur level semi-professional level as well uh in this part of the world and you know it is now up and running with they had a little sort of pre-season friendly showcase and uh, the weekend just gone was the first week of games. Um, Ireland United and Fort Pierce Panthers. Uh, Fort Pierce Panthers coming on top by six goals to three in that one. And uh, Red Force absolutely thumping Hurricane FC 5-1, which uh, I rate Red Force. I love Red Force, but Hurricane FC are a good side as well. So that was quite a surprising yeah. stadium, especially considering that was a Sunday evening up at Hilltopper Stadium in Delray Beach, Florida. So for Red Force to go all the way up there on the Sunday night, probably players knowing they got work the following day, and uh, getting out five one is uh, you know quite the performance. High scoring games, there were a couple of one sided games, but um, you know it's a league that is getting up to speed quite quickly. So you know let's have a look at the schedule. What's coming up? Um, yeah, there's some interesting games coming up. Uh, I think the pick of the, the games this weekend. Let's have a look. The Spartans versus Red Force, that's always usually a good game. But Miami United as well are playing the Fort Pierce Panthers. That would be an interesting one to watch. So, yeah, it's, you know, the, the league is starting up. It's worthwhile keeping an eye on. Um, and, and we'll see where it goes. But like you say, Matt, they're, they're trying to do things the right way, and that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, so again, uh, an accessible league, a league that is trying to really connect with local players and, and really connect with opportunities to get them on the field and playing and, and, and in competitive games. Um, you know, I think that's that's really great. And, and we, we sometimes talk about the soccer wars and the different lower leagues that, that are, are potentially competing and all that. And, and you know, there there's a debate to be had there. But, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's more soccer. It's more opportunity for players, more opportunity for fans. Um that's a win-win. And speaking of the kind of competition there, UPSL um, also doing its thing. We've had a little bit of uh, Strum und Drang, a little bit of uh, uh, inter, you know, it's kind of team squad. Where did that come from, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I gussy up my language every now and again. Um, so, yeah, UPSL up and running too. Again, Lee, you are, we, we all fancy ourselves lower league experts, but you are the king of the lower league experts. What are you seeing from well, UPSL? Um, the UPSL Division 1 um, in Florida South is going to be very interesting this season because we have this team coming in, this Miami Beach. Um, are they a club to football as well? They are a club to football. They are well. a club to football. But yeah. Miami Beach club to football, playing in South Beach, playing at Flamingo Park. They brought in ex-professionals, well, no, not ex-professionals, from uh, Juventus and, you know, Justin Hoyt, who used to play in the Premier League. So they mean business. And yes. um, and it is their first game in anger competitively at Flamingo Park Stadium Saturday, five thirty p.m. against Ad, um, Address the RFC, um, who I think I am right in saying I don't know a lot about the club, but I think I'm right in saying they have a strong Haitian uh, American influence. So uh, they'll be looking, you know, they'll be looking to come in and say, "Who are these Flash South Beach Flash Harrys? Let's take these guys down a peg or two. So I think that could be quite a tasty game, and it sort of it. It's quite nicely set in between the um, the, the DC United uh, Inter Miami game, which you can check out on TV or check out the Vice City Watch Party, 
And then before you come down to Wynwood Brewing for the uh, for the Miami FC watch party, there's this game happening in South Beach. So um, I'm I'm going to go to it, and I'm really interested to see what this team can actually put on. I mean, it's one thing doing the flashy Dan social media and getting these players and everything. It's another thing putting these players on the field against hungry South Floridians who are playing for the passion of the game. Interesting matchup. The other game this Saturday, um, Matthew, Cardinal Gibbons High School. Where is that? Uh, Cardinal Gibbons, I believe, is in South Broward. I should okay. know that. That is, that is where Florida Soccer Soldiers are based for the season. Okay. And uh, their opening fixture is against Miami Sun. Now, Miami Sun, of course, uh, I think they were in the championship game against Red Force. Yes, they were. Of course they were. I was there. Um, Miami, <laughs> Sun, Miami Sun are always there. And, you know, uh, Jonathan Rosa, who's the heads up that operation, has done a great job in making that brand in Doral relevant. And they're very active in their community. They have a youth academy and everything. If you've never been to a Miami Sun game and you're in Doral, go. You'll in, enjoy it. You'll love it. So, yeah, I mean, those are the four teams playing this weekend. And then the other teams in the division, you've got um, Port St. Lucie United, who are a very good operation. Miami United, who will be playing in the uh, Open Cup this month as well, of course. Um, and then the return of Miami Dade FC. Now, for people who don't follow the lower league soccer, probably that doesn't mean too much. But Miami Dade FC have been in and out of leagues, up and down, like, but they've always been there. And now they've stepped back into the UPSL Division One. Um, they they don't play until, according to the schedule, the twenty first of March. Yes. Um, so they have what's his name? They have a, a Brazilian ex World Cup winner, and I can never remember the name off the top of my head. So I'm gonna we're both going to feverishly Google Miami Dade <laughs> FC right now and see who can get to the Wikipedia article first. I'm on the Wikipedia article. What's his name? Emerson? Emerson. It's Emerson. Yes, that's it. This, this, is, this, yep. is, the, this is the Emerson who played for uh, Gremio, Bayer Leverkusen, Roma, Juventus, Real Madrid, Milan, Santos, and Miami Dade FC. So, by all accounts, he's still on that team. So, I mean... He may be pushing 43, but that's an interesting little story there to go and watch. And this uh, this uh, division is made up by making up the numbers is City Soccer FC, who I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> they're, a, they're, a, they're a brand new team. So at some point, I'm going to have to get along and check them out. Their first game is up in Port St. Lucie next weekend. But yeah, that's <laughs> might be a lot to take in for people not uh, you know up to, up to speed with the UPSL, but you know, that's a good bunch of teams and it'll be interesting to see how City Soccer and uh, Miami Dade FC and um, Adrastia FC do coming into the division. It'll be very interesting to see just how good Miami Beach Club to football are and Florida Soccer Soldiers and Miami Center are always going to be there. So, and that's just division one. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, you, you have like a, a Palm Beach um, division there as well and, and uh, sort of Dade Division 2. So yeah, there's um, go on the UPSL website and check out the um, the teams around you and see if there's something going on that you can check out. But a lot of good soccer there. I just checked them. Um, Address the RFC are playing out at the little Haiti soccer stadium. So that's a nice facility if you've never been there. It's a nice place to go and watch soccer. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it starts this weekend and it looks to be a very interesting competition. I'm very very interested to see how this shakes out. 
couple of notes to clean up on that, Lee. First thing, Cardinal Gibbons is in Fort Lauderdale proper. It's actually right south of Commercial Boulevard if you travel east from Inter-Miami CF Stadium or where Lockhart used to be. Um, and go past 95, it's it'll be on your right. The second thing, Miami-Dade FC is one of my, like, you love, like, you know, in general, you, you love, like, a weird little story. So mm. Miami-Dade FC is, is, a, is a small club. In UPSL, like you said, they've kind of been back and been and back a bit uh, in terms of fielding a team here. But another thing that they've done is field a beach soccer team in the Beach Soccer Federation of Rio de Janeiro. And mm. has actually competed in their uh, regional championship. We wrote a story, or I wrote a story about that like almost exactly two years ago. Um, about them having a team with Miami-Dade FC jerseys and all that on the beach in Brazil. And so it's it's really fascinating. It's 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 run it's a Brazilian operation. Yeah. And it's run to be kind of a, you know, multinational deal, you know? So it's it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting club. If you do get a chance to check them out, do so cuz it's 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 pretty 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 interesting. Um and I, I, sorry, Matt, to jump nope. in there. They're actually playing at St. Thomas University. Oh, really? Yes, they are. Which will oh. be like very familiar to those of us who went to the Miami FC games up there, and yes. again, it's a nice place to watch soccer when they you know they have a little stand there that faces west, so when the sun is setting. So according to the schedule I'm looking at, no, no, they are playing all like in their UPSL Division One. They're required to have a fixed venue for all their games. Yes. Oh, and and, and of course, Boca Raton are in this league as well, and I think they they pop up later on because they're still trying to sort out their stadium. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, they play at St. Thomas. Miami Daily FC play at St. Thomas. That's one we'll have to get to at some point as well, Matt. For sure. Yeah, I, I would love to see them again. Um, so yeah, U, UPSL, uh, again, that's that's getting up and running too. And uh, some familiar names like Miami United, some new names like Miami Beach, and some old friends returning to the scene like Miami Dade. It's, it's really cool to see all that kind of intermingling together. Um we mentioned surge earlier surge schedule coming out always something we like to keep an eye on here lee what fixtures did you see that really jump out to you well it, it's uh, the women's premier soccer league again for those who are not familiar with it please come and check surge out um well actually I'll, I'll hold that point for a minute because it's a very interesting composition and um, the wpsl they have like regions and then within that um, regions they have the little conferences kind of similar to the npsl if you know how the npsl works so in the Sunshine Conference, which is where FC Surge play, uh, there is FC Surge who play uh, pretty much, let's call it Aventura, um, mm-hmm. at, at um, Shekhalel School there. Yes. Now, we actually have quite an interesting Dade, Broward, Palm Beach little battle going on here because also in the division is Sunrise Prime FC, who are new to the WPSL. And I believe Sunrise is in Broward County, no? Correct, yes. Okay. So we have we have them, and then we have uh, Team Boca Blast, um, sure. and because they play out of Florida Atlantic University, and that would be in the Palm Beaches. Yes. So I think I think that's the only division where we actually have teams from those three counties playing each other. I don't think it happens in the NPSL. Maybe it does. I'll have to check up on that. But anyway, you, you keep do, talking. I'll double check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have we have three local teams. You know, in a sense, FC Surge in uh, in Dade County, uh, Sunrise Prime, who are a very good youth organization. So maybe this is kind of the maturity of that they're operating this uh, this senior ladies team. 
and uh, Team Boca Blast. Now, Team Boca Blast and FC Surge finished one and two in this division. Boca Blast finished first. Um, FC Surge finished second. They let in only one goal the whole season, but uh, Boca Blast decided they couldn't, you know, make the travel for the playoffs. So it was FC Surge who went on to the playoffs and lost to one of the finalists, Pensacola FC. But going back to the teams in this division, we also have uh, the new Tampa Bay Rowdies ladies team. So we get another instalment of um, Miami versus Tampa Bay. Uh, and that game is on Sunday, uh, June the 7th. So you can actually go and see FC Surge Tampa Bay Rowdies at lunchtime and then go to Miami FC in the Riverhounds in the evening because there's a Sunday game for Miami FC that day. Right. A couple of Jacksonville teams, Florida Sod FC and Florida Elite Soccer Academy. Um, and then right in the middle, Orlando Kicks. So the teams play, they, they play four games at home, four games away. Um, you know, because of the NCAA rules, whatever, you know, I don't fully understand it, but, you know, they, they can only play a certain amount of games at this time of the year. The first game is Sunday, May the 31st, goes through all the way through June, games all the way through June, and then playoffs in July. So uh, I was, it was actually, Matt, you found FC Surge. Like, I was, I, I didn't even know about it, but when I fully committed last year, I, they are a really good operation. Marge Perry and um, and Rochelle uh, Wimbush do a great job. Coach Ramiro does a great job down there, and uh, yes. yeah, I can't wait for that to start up. It's uh, you know um, Miami FC is starting, and then instantly I have something else to look forward to. But uh, yeah, it's a good uh, a good lineup of games for for FC Surge. I'm interested to see how they do. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really cool, man. Like Marge does a great job. Uh, keeping Surge up and running and thriving, you know, and it's really cool to be able to to see someone who cares so much about the local game. Um, you know, it was so interesting last year to she was with us at, at Shankillel, uh one day, and a couple of days later she was in uh, in France for the World Cup, and like she mm-hmm. just really passionately cares about the women's game, which we we need more people down here in South Florida in particular uh, who do. You know, it's it's a strength of the American soccer scene in general. Um, but not oftentimes given the the TLC it deserves in our part of the world. So, so to see yeah those those three clubs competing locally, uh, that's really cool to be able to get that Miami Tampa rivalry up and rolling. That's really cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about this upcoming season um, for 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 uh, search for FC search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah uh, good good news all around. Again, it's it's happening, man. It, we are up and running. The, the the it is it is soccer time once again it's truly really never not soccer time there's always something <laughs> you know that better than anyone but it's we are entering into the absolute meat of the soccer schedule and and we can't be happier about I, it. I, I, and once we get past that you know I've heard uh, I've heard little rumblings already that the ICC is coming back into town in the summer and everything it's like what a time to be a soccer fan in Miami I mean there's something out there for everyone. I say all the time on social media and everything, you know, you find a level, find the team, you know, that you want to. You know, if you want to adopt more than one team, then then that's your prerogative. But this is going to be a heck of a year, Matt. Like twenty twenty, I mean, we've been sort of waiting with it, waiting for it with bated breath, and it's 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 finally here. Like that that game at the weekend for Inter Miami was sort of, you know, the, the launch of it. But my word, this weekend with uh, two teams playing. Two pro teams playing the the UPSL coming back, and then after that, like the two home openers back to back is wow. We're yeah. spoiled. We're all. I always say it, but we're spoiled. It's big time, man. And yeah, it, it it is it is the perfect way to describe it. I think we are truly lucky. We're we're in a golden age of soccer here, 
in South Florida and and yeah, like drink drink your Gatorade, carbo load, have a plate of spaghetti before Friday or whatever you need to do because you're going to need your energy if you want to take it all in. It's 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 going to be a hell of a time seeing the seeing Miami FC kick off this weekend and then getting those two home games next weekend. It's, it's going to be just awesome. It sounds very like you ever seen that SNL sketch with Chris Farley talking to Paul McCartney? He's just like, yeah, that's awesome. Remember you and the Beatles? That's awesome. And I just feel like there's there's part of that for us. Like, yeah, you know how we have these two games coming up for these two different leagues, for these two great teams that have captivated a lot of the, the country's interest, not just our interest? Yeah, that's awesome. But we'll take it. Um, do do want to point out uh, a couple of self-promotional things, I think, before we wrap up. And Lee, I'll, of course, throw back over to you uh, to go over anything in case I've forgotten because that's always a possibility. But I do want to direct your attention to uh, the BBC. Uh, and if you were not uh, listening to the BBC World Service earlier this week, yes, earlier this week, uh, our friend Abel Yarola uh, did a bit of a sit-down with them talking about Inter Miami's debut. I think you can do that if you if you just hit the Google machine and uh, and, and, and look up Abel's name. He also did um, an appearance with a, uh, a video profile that the BBC, BBC was doing about Inter Miami and David Beckham's connection in the history of South Florida soccer and all that stuff. So it was really cool to see, you know, Abel Yarola Magic City Soccer on a BBC like video. Uh, it, was, it was really interesting and, and uh, you know, Abel was happy to do that, and we're we're happy to always evangelize about the sport down here. I also do want to point out you're going to want to follow us if you don't already. You're going to want to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we had a, a giveaway opportunity last weekend for one of our nice uh, Magic City Soccer hats. We will do the same thing this weekend. There'll be a Twitter post going up a couple hours before kickoff of both the Miami FC and Inter Miami CF. If you can call the first goal scorer for Miami FC or Inter Miami CF in their games, you get yourself a Magic City Soccer hat. I think that's a pretty good deal. That's a very good deal. Yes. So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Magic City Soccer. Um, and subscribe and rate the podcast. Again, I'm, I'm starting to get in the habit of actually saying that because we are in the podcast business literally as I speak. It's what I'm doing. So <laughs> I, I would greatly appreciate if you leave a five-star review. And if you want to leave a one-star review, well, get out your emotions in the text and then just click five stars instead. Um, so uh, anyway, we do appreciate. We've, we have had a few people leave reviews uh, in there, particularly on Apple. But if you listen to Google Play or anywhere else where you get your podcasts, go ahead and subscribe to us so you'll know when the new hotness is dropping. Uh, Lee, any other uh, new or old business to attend to? You know what? I'm racking my brains, but I think we have pretty much covered everything in a concise and compact way, which is very unusual for us, Matt, because usually one of us will ramble on for 20 minutes about something. And I don't think we've done that today. We've done a good job of keeping this nice and short and tight. Let's talk for 10 more minutes about how efficient we are. <laughs> no, I, I really think it's the benefit of having so much going on. If we talk yeah. 20 minutes about everything, we'll be here for four hours. Um, and we got to go to bed. Um, so, yeah, again, if there is anything new that you're going to want to know about, follow us on Twitter at Magic City Soccer. On Facebook, you can find us at Magic City Soccer there. Um, on Instagram, it's at Magic City Sock. Um, Lee, on Twitter, you're Lee underscore eFans. I am. Um, and I am at Matthew S. Bunch, and I think that will do it. And, of course, our website, magiccity.soccer. Um, yeah, visit us everywhere. Say hello. Leave comments. You know, get involved. We love when there's uh, fan, reader, listener interaction. Um, so until next time, Lee, as always, thank you very much, sir. Uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar. 
Oh, that's the first time anyone's ever said that about me. So thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. As always, get out there, support local stock. Absolutely. And so on that note, until next time, uh, go Miami FC in their season debut. Go Inter-Miami, find some points. Go lower leagues. Go all of Miami soccer.